Well, hello, hello, hello. I hope you're well. Let me get rid of that. It's Wednesday night. Sorry, trying to get everything working on Facebook, so I hope you're watching. Praise God, this is a glorious day. I'm so happy to be with you. I hope you're well. And uh, I just had a quick check. We are streaming live on Facebook. Praise God. And uh, let's see, where else are we? Excuse me whilst I check a minute. I'll just give you a chance to, to uh, come on and join us. Praise God. This is going to be phenomenal tonight. I, um, Lord, I need, I need a better space to work from, and I need some people here in the studio with me. Hallelujah. Miss Cheryl, a very good evening to you. And if what my Facebook told me is correct, a very happy birthday to you. And it is wonderful that you're joining us on your birthday and being a part of this tonight is going to be phenomenal. I know it is. Uh, we've been able to move a few things around, so I hope, uh, I hope you can all see us well. Praise God. I am so excited. So instead of me yak, yak, yak and getting into it, let me introduce to you a phenomenal man of God, a man who has not only been a dear friend, but is one of my very few brother bishops that I consider to be a brother, someone that's as close to me, if not closer than my own family. And uh, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher of the word, an incredible uh, man of God with an amazing anointing in the area of healing and deliverance. I mean, God uses him so powerfully Evangelist Nigel, good to have you on, sir. And um, I'm honored that I've been able to get him on to join us. He can tell you it took a little bit of persuading and a little bit of persistence, but the wait will be worth it. He, uh, the Bishop Serrano is a man of God that when I connected with him, uh, it was by the Spirit. I'll let him explain that. But because of that connection, we have stayed connected and we have grown and grown and grown in our friendship in our brotherhood and like David and Jonathan God has knit us together Dr. T good to have you on in standard and I pray you well sir so without further ado let me hit the magic button and introduce to you my friend my brother the man I call the generational general none other than Bishop Adrian Serrano Bishop good to have you on God bless you, Bishop Dewar. Amen. It's, it's an honor to uh, be on your program and and uh, to be your guest. And I just want to thank you uh, for your invitation and your patience in 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 in, in my in, in in my response to you. Amen. Um, and, but uh, but I am honored by your words and and, and honored by your friendship. Um, truly, the Lord has blessed us and. Uh, I, I think that we have gone beyond friends. We've, we've, um, the Lord has knitted us together. And I, I, when I think of you and, um, it's, it's, you're a brother. You, you're, 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 you're not just a brother in, in spirit, but I feel you as my, as a, as a fleshly brother. Thank you, sir. You know, you have been there for me, uh, in, in times of trouble. And uh, and also in mountaintop experience, and I and I'm just honored to be with you, and honored that you would allow me to speak to those people that are connected with you as well. Well, amen, sir. I have to say the honor is all mine. Um, 
for, for now you'll have to forgive me because tonight so that I can see you as everybody knows my my computer's normally behind me I have a screen in front of me so if I'm not looking at the cameras because I'm looking at you on the screen so just bear with me um, when I made the decision that at some point in our streaming we would bring guests on I'm very careful about praying who speaks to the people that are uh, listening I, I take uh, a great deal of care in my responsibility as someone that that shepherds God's flock and shepherds other shepherds that when I bring people to them it, are, it is men that are of the spirit and men that speak by the spirit that speak a living word that are not just going to speak words that might be or, or let me put it this way that sound incredibly great from an emotional standpoint but have no impact on our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. And I genuinely believe that every time we come together, every time we come as individuals into the presence of God, the purpose of that engagement is that we become better for that connection, for that relationship, for that moment. So when I began to pray about having guests on to CDTV and... and um, and you being, uh, you know, who was going to be a part of it, the Holy Spirit gave me a very specific instruction, and that was the first guest you have on CDTV, Dewar, better be Bishop Serrano. So I knew that we're going to have to persevere and get you on, but I wasn't going to bring anybody else on until you had said yes. So this is an honor for me because I know that um, having watched you grow and watched you develop over the last few years that you and I have been friends, I know what you're going to share tonight is going to be straight from the heart of God and is going to speak to people. Before you get into your teaching, why would you take just a moment or two whilst we, uh, let me just greet everybody watching from Almira in Holland, but, but would you take a moment to explain to everybody how you and I connected because that was the Spirit of God in itself. Oh yes, I, I remember that day well. You know, I... Um, Bishop Dewar and I have a mutual friend, and it was through uh, it was through his uh, it was through his program that we that we connected. And uh, during that time, so many years ago, I was recuperating from a uh, from uh, from being ill, and and I had been off the pulpit now some some three months as I was recovering from surgery and you know regaining my strength. But during that season, during that time, um, you know, I kind of felt like um, uh, the ministry was over uh, and uh, I felt, I'm going to use the word dried up. I felt like I had nothing to offer anymore, that I had exhausted all my resources. I had exhausted everything that God had. And and I sat there and... Um, and contemplating to leave the ministry, and I was I was burdened, I, I was sick, and um, and there was I, I had no safety net. I believe that every pastor, uh, I learned from that experience that every pastor needs to have a safety net. Um, you know, pastors, yep. uh, brothers that 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 they that he can lean on. In, in, in seasons, because we're, we we don't always have mountaintop experiences. So true. And I believe that every pastor it goes through a season that I went through. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and so Bishop Grillo was interviewing you, and um, and and I still remember the conversation. Praise God. It, it, you were talking about ascension. Yes. You were talking about ascension, and I was really drawn in because the words that you were using, I had never heard it put that way. And and in the midst of that conversation that you all were having on that interview, all of a sudden God gave you a word and you said, there's, there's a pastor out there that I need to connect. You're listening and I need, you're going through this and you, I mean, you, you identified me. The only thing you didn't do was call my name, but I, I you knew, you knew who I was, I was getting there. And, and you said this, you know, if you want to get to your next level, you know, uh, we need to connect. The Holy Spirit needs to connect, uh, said that we need to connect. And that immediately uh, uh, hit my spirit and there was a shaking in my spirit. And uh, no sooner that your program ended or your interview with, with uh, Bishop Grillo ended, I, I, I reached out to you. Yes, sir. And that was the beginning of this friendship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we were strangers and, um, and here we are all these years later, we've become brothers. And, and I thank you for being that voice, that man of God that reached out during my time of my time of trouble. You know, it was one of the lowest points I had. Oh, if I would, if I was to describe, um, uh, the, the, the loneliness, the pain, um, the, um, you know the uh, the church was uh, the church was going through a turmoil, and and I, I I had no one to turn to, and felt like it for me it was over, and and really when it was over it was really the beginning. Yeah. It was the beginning, and and those words that you said to me, um, really blessed my ministry. You you opened my mind uh, to uh, you know to a much bigger God that I was exposed to. Praise God. You know, because we put, it's not that God has limits, but we put limits on God. And so I realized that I was preaching and I was pastoring from, from a box, you know, from my religious box. And you, you tore down those walls and I began to see a bigger God that was bigger than the box that, that, that I had him. Praise God. And, 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 and there was an anointing released upon my life and, and God had always used me for healing and deliverance. But, uh, over the years, it has been completely, completely different, completely different. And, and so I thank God for you. I thank God. And I thank you for being that man of God. So many times, so many times there's a quickening in our spirit to speak out and to say things and we become timid. Oh, I don't want to say anything. I can't say anything. And we miss an appointed time. We miss an appointed time. And, and at that season, it was our appointed time. And we have built uh, a great friendship, a partnership yes, sir. Uh, with each other. And I, and I thank you. Well, I can honestly say the honor is mine. And I am truly thankful both to you and to God that not only did he stir me that day, I can even remember the hotel. I, I was actually sitting in a hotel. Uh, waiting to go and do an evening service here in the UK when I did the call for Bishop Grillo. Um, But I'm thankful to God that not only did he stir me that day, but that you responded and uh, 
I have to say I'm, I'm truly blessed by uh, what has blossomed out of, out of that first conversation and that, that actual conference call that I was doing at the time. Now, just for everybody watching, this is how significant Bishop Serrano is to me. When I told you all how many weeks ago we were going to start this media project, the man of God you're looking at on this screen next to me was the very first one to sow into my project. And uh, he's been a man of many firsts in my life. So this being my first guest on our, our CDTV, I know this is going to be significant. That said, I was given a very specific instruction by the Holy Spirit. So whereas I would normally interview my guests, tonight, my brother, it's up to you. You share with us what's on your heart. And don't, don't be surprised if I don't interrupt you when you're preaching good, because I know it's going to be good. But uh, I'm just going to let you speak as the Spirit leads, because I know we need to hear it, and you're going to be a tremendous blessing to us. Well, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Uh, boy, you put me in a pickle here. <laughs> I would have preferred a, a Q&A. Um, but I'm just going to tell you what's been on my spirit. Praise God. And and I want to thank those that are viewing, those that are viewing live, and those that will be viewing uh, on the replay. I, I want to tell you to, uh, uh, you, you, God is going to move here tonight. Yes. And there's going to be a stirring in your spirit. I, I can feel the presence of the Lord already. And uh, what's been on my mind is as... The body of Christ, and as the world is emerging, coming up out of this uh, this this valley, I call 2020 the year of sorrows. There, 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 there's been too many tears have shed, too much death, um, turmoil. Um, the world is in a mess, and um, and as I shared with you earlier, um, you know there were a lot of pastors in my area that were boasting about how they were going to come up out of this, that they were no longer going to be a small church, but they were all going to be mega. And, and they were looking for all this. And, and, and I'm a firm believer that, that the season for the mega church is over. Yes. It, it's, 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 it's over. And, uh, and so I told those pastors, I said, you know, what's going to emerge this COVID, this COVID-19, what is exposing is our true condition is our true condition. And, and, and that's exactly what's, what, what has happened. Um, because what I find, what I found was that Christians didn't change or didn't change for the better mm. in the most part, you know, we're dealing with people that went into this, we went into this Valley of sorrows and, and we come out with, with bigger problems that we've had. We're, we're, we're Christians are coming out of this valley uh, more depressed, uh, more sick and more worried in fear. And and the body of Christ is 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 in a crisis right now. Yeah. I believe that the, that the church, the body of Christ is in the crisis. And one of the biggest problems is that we're having is that. Uh, now I'm going to say something that a lot of Christians, a lot of preachers don't talk, don't talk about this, don't preach it. Many of them don't believe it. But guess what? I believe that that there is a spirit of witchcraft 
that has been operating in the body of Christ. And we've been saying, oh, hallelujah, praise God. Look at the Holy Spirit is moving. But it was not really the Holy Spirit. It was really the spirit of witchcraft that have, has been inundated in the church. And, 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 and man of God has not, I, <laughs> there isn't enough word in him. Yes. To identify these activities. Oh. As a matter of fact, some of the activities that, that I see, and, I, and, and listen, I, I'm Holy Ghost filled. I speak in tongues. I believe in the miracles. I believe in the fivefold ministry. But some of the activities that I've seen, if Jesus was to act that way, they would have never crucified him. Oh, yes. They would have put him in asylum. Yep. You know, some of the 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 hollering and the jumping and and all this, these are really uh, the demonic activities in the church. It, it's emotional, but it's not spiritual. Right. And, and, and watch it, emotional, then what happens is if the Holy Spirit is not your guide, then you're open to all the other stuff that's out there. Yeah. If you're not being Holy Ghost led, so guess what happens? That 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 the, 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 the those demons come in and they take they take place. And there's a whole lot of activities that are happening in our church. Yeah. Listen, this is not this is not something new. In Galatians chapter three, verse one. Paul writes this. He says, all foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Yeah. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before, uh, be, be, before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been openly set forth and crucified among you? In other words, they saw Jesus crucified. Yeah. They saw Jesus crucified, and, and Paul here is uh, has 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 raised the church, and they were in in fellowship, and they were in what we call revival. And all of a sudden, now he comes back, and he finds them arguing and fighting, and he says, "Who has bewitched you?" Yes. And every church, in every church around the world, there is someone, someone sitting in the pew, sitting in the congregation. That, that that is that is flowing or operating under that spirit of witchcraft that call that is the cause of all the contention and strife and gossip in the church now you're preaching and we do nothing about it mm. and so as we're coming up out of this out of this covid 19 out of this season of sorrows out of this valley of sorrows what 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 has been exposed is that the church, the church has now realized we're not who we thought we were. Mm. We're not as spiritual. We're, we, 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 we weren't that anointed because the church today, I know that in my area, I don't know if you've seen it, but in, in my area, there are churches today because they can't deliver the goods. They've realized they, they relied on technology. And I have nothing against technology. You know, I, I, I use it, but I don't use it in place of. I use it as an aid to get the word out. Yes. And and so they have smoke machines to emulate the, the presence of God. Why? Because they can't deliver it. Bishop, you, Go ahead. you are, I mean, you're right in my heart. The uh, Two weeks into this, uh, well, I call it scamdemic, but two weeks into this pandemic that we're experiencing around the world, 
Holy Spirit spoke to me. I did an interview for uh, national church leaders. I did an interview for a podcast. And I said, mark my words, by the time this is over, this for the Pentecostal charismatic evangelical churches will be the fl- what the flood was to Noah in so much as many will not survive and God intends to kill them off. To date, over, yep. over 21,000 churches have permanently closed, won't be reopening. But this pandemic has exposed how, um, what should we say, how many preachers and how many churches are propped up by good musicians, good technology, and suddenly when all of that is removed, people are seeing that there's no substance to an awful lot of people that used to stand in the pulpit. Or, what's worse, is from experiences I've had in the last six months, people are suddenly realizing the greatest trick the devil has played on the 21st century church was putting on the robes of the preacher and taking the pulpit every Sunday. So I am, um, you right in my heart. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is just too good. This is, ooh, hallelujah. Listen, we're, 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 we're in the same flow right now. We're in the same flow. And, 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 and so, Part of the problem in the church is that, you know, I believe in, 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 listen, I believe that the world operates on this simple principle, blessings and curses. Yes. And I also believe that you can be saved, but still living under curses. Yeah. Still living under curses. And I believe that the biggest curse upon the body of Christ is found in Hosea chapter four, where it says, my people perish. My people are suffering. My people are hurting. They're going through some unnecessary pain for lack of knowledge. In this day, we have more technology, more Bible. In every translation, in every tongue, we have more Bible material, more programs than ever before. And yet this generation is of the most ignorant of of the word of God. Yep. I was preaching just that seven days ago right here on CDTV. We are, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me to understand Joshua's generation. You know, the church talked for years about the Joshua generation, the Joshua generation. Joshua's yes. generation saw the miracles of God, saw the mighty works of God, saw God deliver them into the promised land. One generation later, they've forgotten it all. And we yeah. have come from a generation that was passionate about the things of God to a generation that could care less about the things of God. And the church, for me, I can only say for me, the church has become such a mess. The rise of the hyper-grace teachings, that the amount of heresy that's now preached because people have no substance, not in themselves, and they have no substance in the Word of God. They know about him, but they don't know him. They know about his word, but they don't know his word. And I've said for over two decades, almost three decades now, don't tell me you know God unless you know what he said. So we have churches around the world where people come week after week after week, have this emotional experience But if I was to ask you, there may be people watching tonight. God's brought you here to set you free from this kind of... Bishop, forgive me, I I speak very plainly. You need to be broken out of this kind of crap that you're going through. Because tomorrow, when you're asked about what was the word, what was... 
you have no recollection whatsoever, which means that the Word of God is not taking root in your spirit. To me, like your teaching, that in itself is a curse of ignorance. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That curse is upon a generation, but it's not... It's not just ignorance, it's willful ignorance. They have no desire to know the things of God, the ways of God, the person of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Right. There's there's no more hunger, there's no more thirst. King David, King David wrote, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longeth thirsty. We are a generation that 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 doesn't thirst for the presence of God. See, King David observed something that the deer, uh, that the deer pants for water, one because he's thirsty. You and I, and those that are watching, we should thirst for the presence of God. Yes. I, I, I seldom hear believers say, I'm chasing hard after God. Yet Jesus said, Jesus said, chase after me. Yeah. You know, we are to chase hard after God. I believe that one of these days I will catch him. <laughs> but 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 we you know King David observed this that a deer pants for water one is because he's thirsty. You and I we need to thirst after the presence of God. That's powerful. Second is that he 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 understood that that once the deer got into uh into the water into the stream of water that his scent as an animal was lost within the stream and whatever whatever enemy was chasing after that deer he lost the scent yes he became invisible to his enemy because as long as he stayed within the stream of water the enemy couldn't sniff him out mm. the enemy couldn't find him couldn't put his hands on him this is good. and so not only should we thirst for the presence of God but once we get into the presence of God, our enemy, Satan himself, cannot find us. Our scent as flesh is lost in the presence of God. My word. You know, we don't, we are a generation that doesn't thirst for the things of God. You know, Bishop. And that's what we have to get back to. I, I want to pick you up on something. So years ago, I used to have my own chauffeur company. You know, we, we had executive limos, S-Class Mercedes, that kind of thing. And I had to do a series of courses to get my, my chauffeuring license. I was trained by Rolls-Royce and I was trained in what they call evasive defensive driving. And one of the things that you're, you're trained is if you have an accident near water, that if you're the driver and you're trying to protect somebody, the first thing you do is get them out of the vehicle to a place of safety. And if at all possible, you get them immersed in the water. Now, that sounds counterintuitive and, and quite ridiculous, but there were two reasons behind it. Mm. The one is that they lose your scent, like you were just teaching. So if they're trying to hunt you down with sniffer dogs, they lose your scent. The other was because in this day and age, you know, we have things like night vision goggles and, and, and infrared goggles that react to body heat. And the water would immediately cool your, your body temperature so much that even if they couldn't sniff you out, you become almost invisible because your, your temperature drops below the frequency at which you can be seen. 
So I'm listening to what you're saying, thinking about Psalm 1, blessed is the man that sits not in the, the counsel of the ungodly or standeth in the, the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the um, presence of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of life. And thinking, not only do I need to be planted by the rivers of life, but I need to be immersed in those rivers so that I am senseless to the enemy because he can no longer see me nor smell me. And if I'm immersed right. in those waters, he certainly can't feel me or hear me. There is an action in the, the spirit that when we are pursuing, I'm thinking of the scripture, I think it's in, in, in uh, Isaiah, where he said, verily thou art a God who hides from his people. So we're, yes. it's almost like we're playing a spiritual hide and seek with God. Yes. And just going back to my childhood, which was <laughs> years ago, um, the ones that won that game were the ones that sought the person hiding the hardest. You were the ones that didn't get up, give up until you were, you'd found the, the hider, as we used to call it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that what you're saying is we have to have a relentless pursuit of God and the things of God because it is in that pursuit that we lose ourselves to everything He is in the water of life. Absolutely. You said something that really uh, struck a chord in me. And, and I've said this a lot, that, you know, when when folks are going through the trials of life, mm -hmm. when when they're in the season of trouble, uh, they 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 uh, they keep saying I can't find God in my troubles. What they feel to realize is what you just said, that God hides Himself. God hides Himself, and and I believe that 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 is like like this game that you just you were just talking about hide and seek, is to cause us to continue to search for him in those times of troubles, yeah. in those seasons of lack. Because so many times what we do is we set up tents in those valleys. And, 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 and the valleys were meant for warfare. They weren't meant for us to set up the, the tents of pity parties. Mm. You know, there, there are people that are watching that are that have been in this perpetual storm and they have set up camps and they've been there a year two years they've been there 10 years and they have and 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 and, and they've been in this perpetual season of lack season of pain uh, of disease and 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 they can't seem and they, and they just gotten stuck there yeah. and 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 they've given up their their search for the presence of God. They say, well, this is what God meant for me. Yeah. And this is where God has me. And they become content in those seasons. Oh, Bishop, say that again. They become content mm. in those seasons. You know, I, I say, I, I look at the life of Job and I, I, I reference many people going through dark seasons of their life and they sackcloth and ashes has become their curse 
instead of being the vessel that brings their deliverance. They've, be, they've become content to sit in sackcloth and ashes. And that is a, a, a dangerous place to be when the season you're going through, you become content to let it happen. The book of Psalms says that he, he clothes himself in the clouds. In other it's, words, God, God hides himself in the darkness right. of our life. And it is, it is in the darkness the dark periods that we go through where we truly find him. But most people give up the pursuit because the darkness comes. Right. My word. Right. And, 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 and that there is the curse. Oh. We become content. We become, and now they're stuck in that. And yet God is still, God is still there. He's waiting for you to seek him out. Yeah. And we don't realize that God hides himself in moments. And I believe that it is it is for our benefit mm. to seek him out yeah. so that we continue to walk through that valley mm. and not set up those tents. What did King David said about a valley? Even though I walk through this valley of shadow of death, I will not fear for God is with me. So knowing that God is with you was encouraging to David to continue to walk through that valley that he called the valley of shadow of death. I know so many people that walked into that valley at pitch camp and are still there. And, you know, David fought Goliath in a valley. Yes. And I, I keep telling people, if you're still in the valley, there's two reasons. You've pitched tent or there's a giant you still need to slay in the valley. And that, that giant might be the curse of contentment. It may be the, 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 the fact that you're not fighting to get out of the valley. I, I know I've been through the valleys of my life. I, you know, everybody knows the last two years were a valley for me, both physically and emotionally with everything I've gone through. But the proof that you're out is that the change, the growth, the Everything about you is so noticeably different. When I talk to people now, they, they say to me, you know, Bishop, you, you're nothing like you were two years ago. Praise God, I'm not. That means I grew. It means I kept going and I changed. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's where we, we, we have to keep that in mind that we are supposed, I tell people that if you're connected with me, if you're truly connected, if we're in a covenant agreement, we're connected in 12 months you should be able to look back in your life and see a difference in your life yeah. i was speaking to one of our one of uh, our people of the church today and i was speaking to him earlier today and uh and i told him i said i'm very proud i'm very proud of you i said i have seen a huge difference in your life and and his words to me he says Bishop, people are telling me that I'm different. Mm. And I said, praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Because people ought to see, you know, people ought to see the difference in your lives. Mm. Listen, I've known you long enough. I, I saw you go through that season. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I prayed heavily for you during those seasons, you know, but um, I've seen you emerge and I've seen you come, you know, come out of it stronger wiser you know more determined 
than 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 I've ever known you. And and, you, and listen, you were determined when I first met you. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've always said this, and I've said this to everybody: you are one of the most intelligent people. You have a a a a, a very sharp mind, and um, and I tell people, I said he is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And um, and and you continue to shock me. You continue. Uh, to to bless my life, you know, and and but that's the sign that you continue to grow, you continue to to seek him out, and and uh, you know, but there are people, there are people, my friend, that are just stuck in those seasons, and 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 that becomes a curse in their lives. As I said to you earlier, the world operates on this simple principle: you're either blessed, or you're or, or you're or you're either on the under the umbrella of blessings of the Lord, yeah. or you're living under is the, is that simple? And you can be saved, you can be saved, but still operating under a curse. You know, Bishop, I was talking to a, a preacher a couple of years back, and um, I said to him, you know, I I love reading Deuteronomy 28. I only read the first 14 verses, and he said to me, why do you only read the first 14 verses? I said, verse 15 and onwards doesn't apply to me. I don't live under the curse. And and I, I could watch his mind trying to, you know, he's literally trying to wrap his head around what I just said. And he just couldn't get it. But that's a conscious decision I make. And it's a mm-hmm. decision that's backed up by my actions in pursuing God. Because in those 14 verses, God basically shows all of his unconditional love and gifts all have these amazing conditions attached that I will love you unconditionally, I will give to you unconditionally, but to, to, be, to be the recipient of the things I want, you have to do this. If you will do this, and I'm paraphrasing the Bible, if you do this, I will do that. If you do such and such, I will do such and such. And I learned to understand that I must make a conscious decision to be continually getting to know him, continually pursuing him, continually living a life that activates the blessings of my uh, of God on my life rather than being one that becomes content to live under the curse the bible says in psalm 5 and verse 12 for thou lord will bless the righteous with favor will you surround him like a shield psalm 30 verse 5 says that his favor depending on the translation in his favor is life is what the king james says amplified says his favor lasts a lifetime and for the last decade maybe i've told people you have to understand the blessing of god is the empowerment to prosper in every area of our lives in other words for all of us to do well we all have the same empowerment but it is our recognition of that and our understanding of what is involved in activating that that moves us into the favor of God, which is the opportunity for that empowerment to happen. And that is activated by, as my mentor would say, my reaction to God will determine his reaction to me. So my reaction must always be, I am pursuing first the kingdom and his righteousness so that all of the blessings apply to me and I am no longer living under the curse and and not just the curses that the Bible describes but curses of my own creation there you go there you go because here's scripture 
to support what you said. The Bible says that curses don't come upon us without a cause. Yes. So we have to, we have to do something or omit something to cause the curse upon our lives. You know, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about something that every preacher talks about and every believer talks about. Tithe and offering. Come on. Malachi chapter 3 says that you are under a curse because you have robbed God. So if you're robbing God, the that curse is the curse of not enough. That's why people, uh, you know, when they, when they write down their budgets and they try to stay to a budget, on paper, it makes sense. And they make more than enough. More than enough to cover their bills, mm. to make ends meet. But yet, when they when they apply the budget, it it, it always comes out short. Yeah. They're always a, a, a you know a, a day late, a buck short, and they don't. Re and and the thing is that the church is not teaching what the curse is. What is the curse that Malachi says? Because you rob God. Yeah. Well, the blessing is this: that see if I won't pour out such a blessing that you're cupboards will not be able to contain it. That's that's the overflow. And so if you're giving your tithe and you're giving your offering faithfully, that you're committed to giving your tithe and you're not seeing that overflow, then then that curse still needs to be broken. Mm. The church doesn't teach on this stuff. Yeah. And well, without getting into a whole lot of, you know, that that simply mm. that curse is the curse of not enough. Yeah. And, and and we thank God for Jesus because, you know, if Jesus was just our Savior, he did more than enough. Mm. But the Bible says that he is the anointed one of God. The anointed one of God is the one that breaks the curses from our lives. Yeah, we're not cursed. Jesus took it all away. But we cause curses to come upon us. Oh, Bishop, say that again because people need to get that. We cause curses. The Bible says curses do not come upon us without cause. Yeah. And so we, the things that we omit or the things that we do that does not line up, let's call it sin, will cause curses to come upon us. There are people out there that are that are that are giving their tithe faithfully but not experiencing the outpouring, the blessing that Malachi chapter 3 talks about. Why? Because that curse is still active in their life. And so my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's the curse. Yeah. And the curse there is the curse of not enough. That's powerful. And so we need to we need to then examine our lives, go through and, and get an understanding of where that curse came from. And, and how did it come upon our lives? And then now it's not just giving your tithe, but now you have to pray a prayer of faith, just like you did when we when we were saved. Yeah. And 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 and, and remove that curse of not enough. I, I tell you, I you know, I taught on this about three or four years ago, I believe it was, and people were bringing their wallets, their checkbooks, anything that represented their their uh, their their finances. And listen, and, and I led the church into breaking that that curse Hallelujah. let me tell you there were people that had electric bills that were three and four thousand dollars mm. within the month within the month uh the electric company washed that bill away 
people who couldn't afford a car were driving new cars within the first three to six months. Praise God. And, 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 you know, and, and the thing is that they were giving faithfully, mm -hmm. but there was a season that they didn't give. Yeah. But that curse was on them and they were never taught on how to remove the curse. Yeah. Oh, Bishop, you know, that, I, well, I, I, I'm going to stop you because that's so powerful. I'm, I feel such a stirring in my spirit with what you're saying. You know, my spiritual father, everybody knows, is, is Dr. Murdoch. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't hide that from anybody. He was teaching a few weeks ago on his live stream. And all of a sudden, because I'd sent a seed that day, began to speak concerning my life and uh, said, you know, Bishop, you need the financial anointing. I don't, uh, I know you've not fully stepped into it and, and began to speak over my life, began to pray over my life. And I took what he'd said that day and I, I went back to the Lord with it about, you know, God, why am I not seeing the fullness of your prosperity? Because if I was able to, if we were prospering the way I know that we could, we would be able to do so much more. I, this pandemic has highlighted how much I've not been able to do for people that I wanted to be able to do, um, just in a case of, of food parcels, that kind of stuff. And sure. the Holy Spirit drew me back to a season in my life where, you know, a lot of people don't understand, and, and maybe some people need to get this, most of us in ministry do not have the consistency of regular income every month. So I went through a period not too many years ago where my speaking engagements were not as many as they used to be. Uh, you know, we, we didn't, I, we've only just launched a partner program for the ministry. So I didn't have the consistency of income. And <laughs> I withheld the tithe because I needed to pay a bill. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you want to know why you're not in it? Uh, that's the one thing. So just within a couple of days, I, was, I did some live TV for Prophet Hubert Angel. And I tithed out of what they gave me. I sowed out of what they gave me. And I sent Dr. Murdoch the tithe that I owed from a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. And within days... I began to see the flow of finances. And it's, to, to a lot of people, they just would look at it and go, oh yeah, but it's, it's not a lot. But it's more than I had. It might yeah. be little by little, but like everything, it's something that you grow into. It's something that, that develops like the faith muscle we have, that like, like we just, you know, you have to learn to flow in that, to operate in that. You have to learn to receive what God is trying to to give to you and give through you. And what you've just said is impacting. I'm, I'm looking at the, the comments as they're coming up on the screen and people are just, I mean, Bishop, you preaching like, we don't preach enough what you're saying tonight. I'm going to say that flat. But at this moment, I feel like there's an anointing on you to break this on people that are watching, that are going through that. And I know I want you to teach, but I wonder if you would just lead us in a prayer and speak the words of life over people so that this, this poverty curse, because it is a curse, 
You can, uh, I've learned, and this will sound ridiculous, you can have millions of pounds in the bank and still have a poverty mentality, still have a curse of poverty over your life. So I want Absolutely. you to, to just lead us and pray and break this because there are people watching that God is going to do incredible things in them, with them, through them, for them, but they need to break this over their life like you did with those people in your church. I remember you telling me about it all those years ago because I was blown away by what was happening and at th that was one of the moments that I measure our relationship by to see how you grew from where we first interjected to just a few, um, um, you know, just a few months after that, where you were seeing this financial explosion in people's lives. There is an anointing on you in this hour for that, and I want you to just to pray over these people, because I know there are people God's gonna do things with, but we need to break something, and there is a power in agreement, because the two of us are in, in what God wants to do right now, for these people. I, I, I agree with you. I, I want to say to those that are watching that you have to believe, you know, that prayer of faith that you prayed to receive your salvation, to receive the forgiveness of your sin. It is that same prayer. It is that same prayer that you need to apply now. See, many of us have met Jesus, the Savior, but we haven't met the other sides of Jesus. Mm. You know, let me put it this way. We, we, from the pulpit, we like to preach the front of the cross. Yeah. Ooh. But nobody ever preaches from the back of the cross. Now you're touching. We are healed. Galatians Ooh. 5 and 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Yes, God. You don't have very much freedom as long as you're under the curse of not enough. Yeah. There are so many saints that are out there saying, I wish I had enough. I would like to do, but I can't. I remember, I remember some years ago, maybe about two or three years ago. And uh, I, I say this not to boast, but that God gets the glory. And I have sown into your life. And um, and I have been the recipient of blessings. But I remember, uh, I remember we were in a conversation. And I was sitting in the kitchen. And the Lord quickened my spirit to sow into your life one more time. And he gave me an amount. Yes. When I, while we were talking, I checked my bank account. It was the only thing I had. And while we were talking, yeah. I'm wrestling with God because it was the only thing I had. Mm -hmm. And I told you, I said, listen, I want to, I'm going to sow this amount into your life. And so we sowed it. What I didn't realize is that step of obedience of sowing, God opened the door to the building that we're in now. Hallelujah. I would. You've, and we've been here. This is our third year. You've never told me that. That's the first nope. time I'm hearing that. Yeah. My gosh. 
you know, we were trying, we were looking for a bigger space. We were, as a church, we were looking and we were going everywhere. And, and uh, we found places that were much cheaper, but the Lord kept bringing us here. And I'm like, we can't, you know, we know what we work with. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and I said, we can't afford it. And, and, uh, and after I sowed into you, the owner of the, of this building came and said, let's talk. And he brought it into an area to that place where we could have praise God. Here we are. Even during the season that the church had been closed, we were still able to pay our bills. My word. And so, beloved, if you are in a season of lack, if 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 listen, you can have money in the bank but still be in poverty. If there's poverty in your life and in your family line, that is a curse. That is a curse. If you have been faithfully, if you have been giving and sowing according to the word of God, and I always say that according because people will give, but are there are they are they giving in a manner that that brings honor to God? Are are we giving according to the word of God? Because you can give, and, and 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 we as pastors, we accept it, but is God blessing you? Yeah. So see, I'm speaking to somebody and not speaking to everybody. You have to give according, according in the manner in which God receives it and God, and God blesses it. The Bible talks about two brothers. It talks about two brothers in Genesis. And the Bible says this about the two brothers, that Abel, that Abel gave his best in his first fruits, while Cain said in due season, he came and, and gave. I know that the message from the pulpit kind of sounds like they were, they did it together, but the brother Abel went out and chose the very best. Yeah. He set it aside, the first fruit. But Cain was in due season. That word due season means whenever he felt like it, whenever he happened to remember, he just grabbed whatever was there. See, and that's why God did not accept this offer. Because it was whenever he felt like it, whenever he happened to remember, and whatever, whatever he wanted to give, while his brother gave according the very best right off the top, mm. These are conditions that God accepts. So if you're giving in the manner in which God accepts, this prayer is for you. We can break that cycle Hallelujah. of not. We can break that, that cycle of lack upon your life. Mm. We can break that curse of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now. Would you just reach out towards the screen? And just reach out with your right hand. And I want you to repeat this prayer. It's just simple words. I don't want you to just repeat the prayer, but I want you to own up to it. Have them come from your heart. Let's pray. Repeat these words. Master, Master. I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your word. Your word does not return empty. Your word does not return 
I bind that spirit of poverty. I bind that spirit of poverty. The curse of not enough. The curse of not enough. I rebuke it right now. I rebuke it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. I command that curse of not enough. I command that curse of not enough. To be broken over my life. To be broken over my life. I release the blessings. I release the blessings. Of Almighty God, of Almighty God, to chase me down, to chase me down. I receive your blessings of prosperity and abundance over my life. I receive your blessings of prosperity and abundance over my life, and my family, and my family, for generations to come. For generations to come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, Bishop, as you're praying, you're talking about two brothers in the scripture, and I'm reminded about another two brothers. And we preach it as a story of deception. I'm talking about Jacob and Esau. And there is a principle in there that because we don't teach it from an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us in it, because we preach about Jacob's deception. We miss what God is saying. And there's something truly significant in the story of Jacob and Esau. And, and I want you to teach, but I, I just got to release this in my spirit. So just track with me. So Esau is entitled to the blessing of God, but has no care for it has no desire for it, treats it like it's a nothing to him. And Jacob, according to the Hebrew law, is second in line. So he doesn't get the blessing of the firstborn. He doesn't get the, the principal blessing of the father. But he desires it. And he goes before his father. And, and, and there's an esoteric lesson in this as much as there's the, the scriptural lesson. His mother sees in him the desire for the blessing of the father. And she knows what she's got to do to help him get it. So the mother represents the internal nature that we know that a change has to happen. Esau is the fleshly nature that we have. It is the person of us that has no care for the things of God. Jacob is the spiritual nature that we have of being in him that, oh, that's good. that knows that I'm not entitled to the blessings, but I'm going to do what I need to do to get the blessing. So Jacob, uh, Esau goes before his father and, uh, and Isaac, who is now blind, laying in his bed, says to him, fix me, fix me my favorite food. Sweetmeats is what the King James says. And, I, uh, and Esau goes off into the field to kill the, the kid, baby goat, to prepare it. Jacob's mother knows exactly what needs to be done and says, 
I will prepare it for you, and you take it to your father. He'll think that you're Esau, and you'll receive the blessing. And Jacob says these words, that Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. So she tells him, well, I've got your brother's clothes in my wardrobe, to your translation, and he mm-hmm. takes the skin from the baby goat, wraps himself in it, and goes before his father who is blinded and delivers the sweetmeats. And once, Isaac, uh, once um, Isaac has eaten it, he pronounces the blessing on Jacob. Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. The the skin of the goat is the nature of Christ that we must take on ourselves to become worthy of the blessing that we are not entitled to. Because Isaac says something that's truly significant. He says, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And because mm-hmm. of how he feels, Isaac gives the blessing. So when That's we come before God, we have to understand that the Father is blind to who he blesses. That's right. That's right. And what I need to hear from God when I come before him, because I need, just like, just like Jacob had to, I've got to come before God with an offering of substance. I need to hear these words. You sound like Dewar, but you feel like Jesus. And when I take on the nature of Christ, I become worthy of receiving from the blessing. I become worthy. It is the yielding myself and taking on the Christ nature, becoming as him when I go before the Father. Because the scripture says that even Christ never went before the Father without the blood offering. When I come before the Father with my offering, whatever it may be, finances, substance, whatever God is using you to give. When I come before him in that manner, like you were teaching, according to the word of God, what I'm doing is I'm putting on the nature of Christ. So I'm coming before God and God could say, you sound like Serrano, you sound like Let's see, Cassie who's watching. You sound like Joshua. You sound like like D. You sound like Nigel. But you feel like Jesus. And because of how you feel is why I'm going to bless you. So my, you my understanding of it is this. God reacts to us in prosperity based on how we make him feel to bless us. Oh, hallelujah. That, that was powerful. Man of God, was, you set something ablaze in me. Hallelujah. I got I got Minister Josh here in, in the cafe where I'm 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 viewing him. He's dancing all over the place. He's jumping off. <laughs> family, I told you tonight was gonna be powerful. Uh, I had no idea we were gonna go in this direction, but there is a generational curse of poverty that tonight has been broken over people's lives. And if you prayed that prayer of faith. Faith believing. You have to believe that God is who he says he is. Mm. You have to believe that with your entire being. That curse has been broken and it is for freedom Mm. that Christ has set you free. You're going to be able to do 
You're going to be able to sow. You're going to be able to accomplish more in the, in the remaining months of 2020 than you ever imagined. I would. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You know, get ready. Bishop, as I was, as I've been transitioning through this, this pandemic season that we're going through and I, I was explaining to a man of God that's watching now on the live stream earlier on, I've been busier in the last six months than I was in the 18 months before it. I, when the whole world thought we were going to do nothing, I have been busier in the things of God, in, in advising, in counseling, in instructing. But one thing I knew was the pandemic highlighted something that none of us would like to admit, and that was how woefully unprepared we were as a church for something God had prophesied would happen for 2,000 years. Yes. But coming out of it, I knew that those that found God in this, that tapped into the wells of the Word and the ways and the things of God in this season, coming out of it, they would be like a bullet from a gun. They would be super accelerated, not just into their destiny, but supernaturally into the prosperity and the provision for the vision that they have. And, and in this, the Holy Spirit really spoke something to me. And, and I, want, I, I don't think you and I have really talked about it, but there is a vision that's alive in you. And I speak now by the Spirit of God that you know you're called for greater than where you're at. You know you're called for bigger than where you're at. But when you look at it, help me, Holy Spirit, when you look at it, the, and I've shared this with two people that are on this live stream, when you look at it, the price of what God has in store for you is too big for where you're at in this moment. Somebody else needs to hear this. They're looking at their vision and thinking, God, I can't afford to do that. And the Holy Spirit just a few Sundays ago spoke this to me and it hit me like a lightning bolt. He said, son, stop asking me to bring you up to that level. Call that thing to the level you can afford to pay. Praise the Lord. In other words, instead of being so bent out of shape because we're not raising ourselves to a level of prosperity to reach the things that we think we need to get to, you know, well, I've, I've got to create a plan to, let's say you've got a, a million dollar vision. I've got to create a plan to become a millionaire so I can afford to do that. No, you need to, the Bible says, call things that are not as though they are. You need to look at the vision and say, you need to come to where God has me. Because yes. in you coming to where God has me, I will come to where, where you need me to be. And right. somebody watching tonight needs to begin to look at the vision they have and understand what you have. Job says this, strangest verse of, of scripture that I've ever read in the Bible. I washed my steps with butter, right? Mm. And I, I began to, I asked the Holy Spirit one day, Lord, why is that in the scripture? But then I went and studied that in the day of Job, they made butter with oil. Yes. It's not like we make it with milk and fats now. They made it from oil. What we call butter now is not what Job would have called butter. So what he was saying is, I haven't got oil, but I've got butter. And there's oil in the butter. So what That's I've right. got in my hand is enough. 
and somebody watching right now and you bishop have a vision for god to do things but you need to understand what you have in your hand is enough to accomplish what god has for you when you make the vision fit the provision not try and make the provision fit the vision in other words stop looking at the thing now dr murdoch would tell you i'm very skilled at negotiating you know when his team used to book hotels here for us to do partner meetings and stuff they tell me oh well we booked the room bishop it's going to be like five thousand dollars a day and i'm like whoa, 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 whoa hang on let dewa negotiate and go back and go okay we got the same room for a thousand dollars a day how do you do it i tell them what i'm going to pay and what they're going to do for me because what i'm going to pay is better than nothing so there is a vision in somebody watching tonight that you need to speak to the vision and tell the vision, this is what you're going to cost me. This is what I am prepared to pay to accomplish you. You're not, the vision cannot dictate the provision. Many of us are living in a season right now because the vision we have is dictating the provision rather than what we have in our hand being enough to accomplish the vision so that anybody can look at it and go, my God, that can only be but God because of what you've done with where you are at and what you hold in your hand. And that is, to me, where you're talking about breaking a curse, that is the faith act that follows the breaking of the curse. It is saying to God, this might, what I hold in my hand might not meet my need, so it's going to be a seed for my future because what I have in my hand is enough for me to, to sow it into any future I desire. And Bishop, I'm going to say this by the Spirit of God. Oh, help me. I feel the Holy Spirit like, you know, I get caught up in these live streams. Within the next 12 months, you will transition out of leading the church that you're in. I'm saying that publicly because your people need to prepare for the Elisha that's following because God cannot keep you chained to one place with what the Holy Spirit is about to do in you. Family that are watching now, you need to understand something. The man of God on the screen next to me is going to have one of the most significant men's ministries the world has seen and God is going to take you, my brother, to the nations of the earth. What you thought God has not gonna do or isn't gonna do, you're going to be amazed at how God does it. Not only through media, but through physically putting you in nations on the other side of the planet to where you're at. And God has, you and I have talked about it before, God has strategically put you in place to pick up a mantle. But I never saw the magnitude of the transition that took place. This was not just an Elijah, Elisha moment. This was literally the picking up of a mantle wouldn't, wouldn't even begin to describe it. This was literally God handing you the baton and saying, you lead in this. Not be a leader, you lead in this. In other words, you be the significant voice. You'd be the Edwin Lewis Cole of your generation. You be the man that leads men. 
that speaks to men, that shows men how to be men, biblically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. And the next 12 months, the enemy has really fought you over the last few months to try and get you to quit on what you knew God was calling you to do. And family, I hope you understand, Bishop Serrano hasn't told me what he's been going through. I just know by the Spirit of God. But the enemy is fighting not because of where you're at, but is fighting you to stop you going to where you're going to be. And the fight is about your potential, not your present. The fight is about the, the potential and the purpose, not about where you're at. So God is raising an Elisha from within, and 12 months from now, you will be released to do uh, release is the wrong word. God's already released you, but you will step out of this season and into the next season, and you will see the things of God in that area literally explode. God will do in a, in a year what it would take 10 years to do, even by His standards. And I'm saying that because what you've just deposited in these people and me, my word, my brother, this war, this is rich. I mean, this is rich tonight, what you've shared. Bishop, I, I receive that in the name of Jesus. Oh, I know when God is speaking. Thank you for being that voice. Thank you for being that voice in my life. Hallelujah. This was powerful. You keep bringing up television as well. Something I've never shared with you is that, uh, you know, I used to be the host of Praise the Lord. Yeah. I served Praise the Lord, I believe, almost 10 years as their as their host. And uh, Bishop Jamont, uh, just a few years ago, while ministering at his at his church, he uh, he looked at me and he said, uh, your voice will be heard again. Hallelujah. And so here you are. I've never shared that with you. And here you are echoing those very words. Bishop, the Holy Spirit just whispered something to me as you said that. You need to hear this. Not just your voice will be heard. You need to understand your voice matters. Your voice matters, my brother. Don't ever doubt it. And I, I know, I know sometimes because of what we go through behind the scenes in ministry, the things that our people don't see, we begin to doubt. But the Holy Spirit needs you to understand your voice matters. That's why you can't be silent. That's why I was persistent until we got you to agree to come on because I knew what the Holy Spirit had told me. Your voice matters. And I need you, uh, uh, from a brother to a brother. Now, everybody watching, you're going to have to forgive me because this is a moment between me and my brother. I need you to get to an understanding. Your voice matters. And I need you not to silence the voice within you. 
because right now in this moment, in this epoch of the life of the church, we need to hear what God has put in you. And I know you do your live streams, but there is going to be so much more than that because your voice matters. God has hidden you under a rock, but is now calling you out. You were somebody's Barnabas, but you're a, a Paul in this generation. Wow. Bless the Lord. I receive that. Hallelujah. You know, Hallelujah. Bishop, I, I'm, I, I see the comments on the screen here. I mean, people are, people are just blessed by what you're saying and, and what you've taught us, but I feel the Holy Ghost. I really do. I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, there, there, there are people out there that not only the curse of poverty has been broken, but there are some out there. Uh, if they take a careful examination of their body right now, mm. uh, come on, they've been. There's been there's someone out there that uh, I'm seeing their numbers. Uh, they 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 came on, but their sugar, their diabetes, their numbers yeah. was very high. You were in the 500s. If you would take a, a test right now and just poke your fingers, you'll see that your your blood level, your sugar level has gone down uh, to under 140. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, Bishop, the, the one thing I truly love about you is you minister healing, not just to the body, but to the soul and the spirit. And uh, sometimes... Sometimes we can be so concerned with the physical healing, we forget the emotional and the spiritual and the mental healing that has to take place. And because only, see, I, I believe this, when God heals us totally, it is the emotional, the physical, the spiritual and the mental that heals because you can receive a physical healing. And if your mind is not renewed towards that healing, you can think like you were in the disease and caused the manifestation of the thing God's just healed you from. So I mm -hmm. want to I want to salute you and honor you for a man of God that ministers the total healing of the body through the total healing of the blood, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. And when you were speaking about diabetes, I can so people watching know that the last few weeks I've been struggling with my blood pressure. The enemies, I've started traveling again, the enemy wants me to stop. And I've been getting a lot of pain in my joints, a lot of pain in my, my legs. I'm not told anybody about it, even Lady G doesn't know the full extent of what I'm going through. What, let me rephrase that, what I went through. As you're ministering healing towards somebody's diabetes, my feet have shrunk. They're back to normal size. Praise and I believe what you just released on that person has affected my numbers, my blood pressure numbers, because I can feel the headache I started this live stream with has gone. And Praise I used to tell people, you know, sometimes if you're not living in that season of harvest, if you're not living in that moment where God's pouring out prosperity on you, get around somebody that is so that in helping them, you're guaranteeing you're next in line 
to get your harvest in. But sometimes we need to apply that principle to healing. You're, you're praying for somebody's healing. I'm getting on board with that because I know I, I'm not seeing the healing I need, but I need to get around somebody that's being healed so that I either, I either put myself next in line for the healing anointing or I catch what I call the accidental overflow. Somebody's being healed and it accidentally overflows onto me. I, I've been with Dr. Murdoch many times. I, I, the last few days I've been speaking to a, a dear friend in Nigeria who's celebrating his 50th birthday this week. I got blessed when I was with them just because I was next to Dr. Murdoch when the, those two were talking. I got a, a portion of the accidental overflow. And tonight you can be online with us hearing what's being said and pick up on, just catch the drops of the accidental overflow of what God is sharing, what God is doing in this hour. There may be something in the word that we had for Bishop or the words that he spoke tonight that you it, you know it was a word for somebody else, but you can just catch on to that word. And go, God, just, just let that word kind of bounce off me whilst it's pouring on, on them. You know, I threw a bucket of water over somebody once and that, that water didn't just soak them. It soaked everybody around them. So there's an anointing that's flowing, that's bouncing off people in their homes. And you might be even sat next to somebody in your home. The anointing is on them, but you catch that little accidental overflow until God begins to pour onto you and pour through you. And Bishop, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, Pastor Connie just said, when you stand close to the fire, you catch fire. That's, that's so true, but... I am so caught up in this. I really believe with all of my heart, generational curses. That's why I call you the generational general. Generational curses have been broken. You're a man of God that not only speaks to my present, but speaks to my past. And not only fixes my present, but the words you speak and the ministry that you administer to the body break the problems of the past that put right my present. So when you wow. when you speak the things of God. Now, I, if I can say this, I say this about myself and people never really understood what I meant. I don't speak to today. I speak to a destiny. There are things yes. that I speak into people's lives that you won't catch today. But in the, the fullness of destiny, it happens. It it speaks life, it births. But you have an unusual gifting that very few I've seen in the body of Christ have because not only do you speak to my present, but you literally speak to my past and my future at the same time. And in my present, you, you enable us to fix what's wrong now for the future but the anointing on you fixes what was wrong in the past to propel me into my future. And you will see, you will see God use your words to bridge people's past and their present. That will literally project them into their future. My word, I feel the Holy Spirit. I, I knew tonight was going to be powerful. 
You know, it's in these moments that I feel absolutely silly. Because all the seminary and all the Bible schools does not prepare you for when the Holy Spirit takes over. And I always tell the church, I'm, I'm, I'm always in awe. I feel like a, like a child in a candy store. I don't know what to do, but I stand still and be quiet. This, this soil right here, right now, is is rich. It's rich. It, it, in this in this soil, in this anointing, not only are yokes broken, but things can be exposed. And right now, the devil is not happy. I can hear him screaming as the, these demons are, are running. Mm. We've put them to chase. Yeah. This... Yes, we have. And I, I'm going to say some things uh, right now that, uh, folks, if you're listening, whether live or on the replay, this this man right here has never, never asked for money. He's never asked for money. And he's not asking now. But I know him. And I know the anointing and the calling that's upon his life. Would you do me a favor? Would you sow into this anointing? Would you sow into, into this man, this man's anointing tonight? He has never asked for not one dime, but all this equipment that he has and all this stuff, it costs money. To move the kingdom costs money. And so would you prayerfully consider in sowing into this soil, into his soil right now? Would you do that? Would you go to Cash App Bishop? Could you put your 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 information up on how to uh, where where they can sow? I've done it, sir. And you you have it up? Yes, sir. Great. Uh, please sow, please tonight, right now, if you can, sow right now into this anointing. You 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 have to know uh, when God is moving. You you have to know His voice. You have to know experiences presence and you have to learn how to sow into that anointing the anointing that you honor is the anointing that will come on you and we need to honor this man we need to honor the anointing the god in this man we need to we need to honor so would you prayerfully consider sowing a, a 50 dollars seed right now into the soil of this man's ministry would you do that for me would you do that for me? i know his heart he and I don't charge. We do this because of the love of God and the love of souls. We desire to see you become all, all that God has created you to be and to do. We want to get you to that place. And so we don't do this for money. We don't. But it costs money. And, and he will never do it. But I am speaking for him right now. I want you to please, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to sow in to his ministry right now. If you don't have it now, do it within the next 24 hours. Do it. Do it. So into his so into his life. So into his life. Right. Because you and I would never have met. I would never have had the privilege to speak into your life if it wasn't for this man of God that became the bridge so that we could talk, so that we could meet, 
so that I could bring you what God says. Bishop Doors, back into your hands. You know, Bishop, I'm, I'm going to say this. Firstly, thank you for that. Um, people know I, I don't ask. Um, I, when, I, when I started my media project, I went to the people because I knew we didn't have it to, to do it. God has done the most incredible things, but a couple of years back I was in Germany and uh, Bishop Harry R. Jackson Jr., who you know currently advises President Trump, was praying for me and prophesying over my life. And he said something that no other preacher has ever said until you just said it then. And that was that God would use me as a bridge so I've always tried my best to be that bridge in everything that I do uh, to connect people. I believe that's why God's given me the connections that I've got and, and I, the friends that I have, is to connect people with them that would never have that connection and to bring men and women of God to other people that without me being that bridge, they would never make that connection. I knew beyond shadow of a doubt, I knew that I knew that I knew that I had to have you come to the people that I'm connected to and be part of this and, and the Holy Spirit told me that you have to be first. But there's a project, I, I'm going to use that word, there's a project that you want to undertake. I think what I sense in my spirit is right, I believe Pastor Connie is the only other person that knows what I'm talking about because you haven't shared it with your leadership. You haven't shared it with anybody outside of her. There is something in your heart, we'll call it a project, an undertaking that you feel you need to do. You've kept it close to you. And God wants you to know two things. One, yes, that's him that wants you to do it. So get ready. And two, He's already lined up three people that are going to pay for it. And I'm, I'm not talking about something that's cheap. I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars it's going to take. God is literally prepared, has prepared three people that are going to write the check to underwrite the vision. You are moving into a season where God is, I don't want to say financial Boaz because Boaz only gave for a season. You know, he was good to, to Ruth, but we forget that Boaz died very soon. And that, that season of provision stopped. God is moving you to a, a place. It's what Luke 6 and 38 talks about, where men will give into your bosom. But God is strategically putting three in the short term, and over the long term, there will be 12 very specific givers that will support you on a monthly basis. And they will underwrite hundreds of thousands of dollars of vision for what God is doing in you when you step out of your limitations that you've placed on yourself. And that's why he keeps telling me you need to understand your voice matters because that's the limitation of it. You don't believe that your voice matters enough when you step out of this now into accepting my voice matters, God will release them to start sowing. 
and, I, and they're not going into sowing into new visions. I'm talking about underwriting you personally. They will. They, there are people that in the last few weeks God has stirred to connect with me financially. Not the ministry, me. They're not sowing into the ministry to get that anointing. They're sowing into me to get what God's put on my life to flow onto them. And God, God is literally now, as I'm talking to you, God is already speaking to one of them about sowing a seed within the next 30 days. And I'm talking about significant seed. You know, I'm talking about the kind of seed that breaks the back of poverty, as my, my spiritual father would say. Because it is the connection to you that will cause their financial future to change. Now, somebody right now, the Holy Spirit just spoke to about sowing a seed. I'm going to, tr- I know what the Holy Spirit's just told me. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to mention it because I don't like the whole kind of emotional side of, of when mm-hmm. we do that. But there will be people that sow into you. And there are men and women of God watching now that have, have connected tonight because of you being on with us that need to understand that I speak to, to the people that are connected to you watching. You need, beyond what the, the, the bishop has asked you to, to do now and sow a seed in the next 24 hours, you need to connect with him personally because the anointing on his life is going to change your financial future. Not the anointing. You need, you need to tithe. You need to do the things that you need to do. But you need to come into an agreement with him in his personal life. Because your prosperity is directly t- linked to the anointing that is on his life. And we need to understand that there is a massive difference between the ministry that is on your life and the anointing that is on your life. And sowing into the anointing on you is going to unlock their financial future. And I'm going to ask them to do this. I need at least three. I believe there will be more, but at least three of your people that over the next 12 months, you will connect with Bishop Serrano in what Dr. Murdoch taught me he calls the 112 covenant. You can create your own covenant with God based on the 112th Psalm. Blessed is the man that delights in the law of the Lord for wealth and riches will be in his house. The Bible, one translation of the Bible says, blessed is the man that meditates in the law of the Lord. The the word meditate literally means to become familiar with. So you need to become familiar with the anointing that is on the man of God. Bishop, I I don't know how they're going to do it. I know they're connected to your ministry so they can reach out to you personally, but I believe at least three people over the next 12 months are going to sow $112 into your ministry every month because they need what God can do through the 112 covenant on their life. I was standing in a church here in the United Kingdom, an American church connected to an American airbase here in the United Kingdom, I was talking to the bishop and I said to him, I really feel something in my spirit about the 112 covenant. Do you mind if I share it as I minister tonight? He said, Bishop, you, you, you say what you want because my people won't give. I know my people. 
So the first thing I said was, you know, if you're not tithing into the ministry, you're tipping God, and you can't sow a seed unless you pay a tithe. So you want to know why the blessing of God isn't happening? It's because you're not tithing. So what, when you bring your offering, if you're not a tither, you do what I do in the restaurant at the end of my meal. You give the waitress a tip. You tip God. And God don't work with tips. Five people, five families came forward that night. He'd never asked, never asked. Five families came forward and made a decision to become tithers that night. And then I said, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit to stir at least 12 that would come into an agreement with the 112 covenant over their life. 29 people came forward. I'd asked God to stir 12, 29 people responded. Bishop, the testimonies that came out of it were incredible. One man went to work. Now, bear in mind, he works for the United States Air Force. So you've got to qualify for promotion first. Then you've got to wait for them to actually give it to you. So you can be waiting for a promotion for a couple of years, even though you're qualified for it. He went into work within four days of making a commitment to join the 112 Covenant. And his commanding officer... <laughs> sends for him to go to the commanding officer's office. He thinks, I'm about to get the rollicking of all rollickings, as we would say here in the United Kingdom. And the commanding officer of the base says, I'm promoting to you to such and such level in this particular rank. He said, sir, I'm not even qualified for it. He said, I don't care. We're going to promote you, then I'll qualify you. <laughs> God is going to promote people into an a level of financial excellence and a level of financial grace you're not qualified for. But your, your willingness to connect with Bishop Serrano and get into the 112 covenant, God will give you the benefits and then qualify you. God will raise you to a level you're not qualified for and having raised you will then qualify you. Somebody right now is feeling a stirring of the Holy Spirit. So I'm praying and I'm asking, no, I'm giving an instruction that at least three people will connect. And Pastor Connie, I need you to do me a huge favor. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I need this little section of what we've just shared clipped and sent to everybody in your church. Because there are people tonight that are not watching online that are gonna connect when they hear what's just been shared. Their financial future depends on their connection to the anointing that's on your life, not the ministry, the anointing that's on your life. So Bishop, I wanna say thank you from the very depths of my heart for what you've shared tonight. This was. It has been an honor. And I, it has been. I, I'm telling you, my brother, and I'm telling everybody watching, this will be the first of many times that you see this man of God with me. Um, I know the Holy Spirit has divinely linked us, not just for stuff like this, but uh, the man of God you're looking at on the screen next to me is intrinsically linked in what God's going to do with me and with us as a ministry in the future. And uh, we're in this together. Like, like I said at the start, like David and Jonathan, God has knit us together. So from my heart to yours, let me say a huge thank you for being with us tonight, for sharing from your heart. This was powerful. If you're just coming on you're, or you're watching on the replay or, or you've missed it, I urge you, go back and re-watch what Bishop Serrano has shared tonight. You need to be set free from the curses that have come upon your life. And do not think you're safe just because you're saved. Ooh, that's a sermon 
right there. <laughs> Do not think you're safe just because you're saved. Ignorance of the devils uh, and his devices will not spare you from him. Bishop, would you give us some closing thoughts? Amen. Listen, um, again, I'm honored to speak to those that are connected to you. I know that God has done some great things in this evening. There is great things in your life. God has a great plan for your life. Each and every one of you that are watching. Well, the Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you. God has a plan. It's so powerful to know that God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. All you have to do is follow his lead. And so I want to thank you for your time. Be obedient to the call. Be obedient. And, uh, you know, we ask for favor. We're asking God to favor us, to, you know, to bestow us with favor. Well, favor is tied to obedience. Favor is tied to obedience. Be obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey. Isaiah 1 and 19 says, if you're willing and obedient, I will give you the best. That's favor. That's favor. And sometimes we're trying to figure all this stuff out. But the obedient part of it is just doing it without trying to figure it out. And as you become obedient and you take steps towards it, the understanding comes. Thank you for staying with us. This has been a great, what, it's been an hour, a little bit more than an hour. I, I, th it I has think been we've done nearly great. two hours, Bishop. Two hours? Yeah. <laughs> we had church, brother. My word. My word. Bishop Dewar, love you, brother. Love you. Thank you so much. I love you too. Thank you so much, sir. I'll speak to you shortly. Uh, I'm going to just yes. close out and greet everybody and, and say good night. Thank you again so much for your time. This has been huge. This has been incredible. No. I will, I, I'll come online and speak to you in, in just a few minutes, my brother. Yes, sir. Well, what can I say? That was off the chain. I mean, God moved like. I told you, Bishop Serrano is a man of God that will just blow you away. And I, tonight I'm, I'm astounded by how God moved. Uh, Cassie, Rob, whilst the bishop was ministering, the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. I will reach out to you in the coming days to talk to you about what I just uh, heard in my spirit. Uh, Minister D. Thank you so much, Miss Margarita. Thank you so much, Pastor Connie. Thank you so much for being on for everybody. Brother Martin, I saw you come on. This has been a, a, an incredible blessing of God. I pray that you will share this with your friends, share this on your page. This was a divine moment. Miss Olga, thank you so much. And uh, Miss Karen, thank you so much. Don't forget, next week we go to Monday night and Wednesday night, Monday night, 8 o'clock here in the UK, that's 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Standard. Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. And this Saturday at 12 noon in the UK, you can catch me live on Love World Extra. I will be live on Love World Extra this Saturday, 12 o'clock, from 12 o'clock. Uh, the, the program's a couple hours long, but stick with us. I will be ministering on Love World Extra. I'm thankful to Pastor Chris Oyakolomi for the opportunity. And uh, this, was, this was just something else. 
I pray that those that God is speaking to will be obedient. Uh, for those that didn't get it, sowing information is there on on the screen. You'll, you'll be faithful to what Bishop Serrano asked. I trust God will bless and move in your life and incredible things will happen. Your life will never be the same when you apply the principles and you step into the level of faith knowing that tonight generational curses of poverty were broken over your life in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. So I will see you on Monday, 8 p.m. in the UK, CDTV. We will be right here on Saturday. Join us live on Love World Extra right here from my home. Until then, have a truly, truly phenomenal weekend. Stay in God, stay safe, but more importantly, stay blessed. Love you. See you all Monday night. Thank you.